I was so bored I cut the ponytail off the guy sitting in front of us. Look at me, I'm a grad student. I'm 30 years old and I made $600 last year. Bummer, don't make fun of grad students. They just made a terrible life choice. Welcome to Surviving Academia, a podcast about surviving in the pre-apocalyptic housecape of the academy. In each episode, we share self-care techniques and talk about surviving in academic careers. We hope you enjoy this episode. If you like what you hear and want to support our show, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Got something to say? Let us know on Twitter, at SurvivingPhD, or on Facebook. Hey everyone, I am Kristen and I'm a graduate student. I'm Zach, uh, I'm an adjunct. And I'm Rachel and I'm a postdoc. How is everybody doing today? Doing great. Nothing like an early morning recording sesh. Whoop, whoop. I like early morning. Well, I mean, Kristen came over early and I made her breakfast, so she can't be complaining. I would be complaining if I had that breakfast, but I don't like the same thing Kristen likes. Dry eggs. Okay, they weren't dried. Justin made them and I thought they were very good. They were appropriate. They were appropriately moist. (laughs) (laughs) I just Uh, don't like runny eggs. Runny eggs can run the heck out of here because... We don't need them. The runnier, the better, in my mind. Well, we had a lovely breakfast. We had some coffee, and we are ready to talk about the podcast for today. But first, let's have a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Representations of Academia in Moving Pictures. Chalk, blackboards, pointer sticks, pull-down maps. If movies have taught us anything, these are the essential tools necessary for professoring. Stadium seating? Sure. Huge offices? Of course. And so much wood paneling. You're just a blazer with elbow patches away from being the professor of your dreams. Now grab a leather-bound book and you'll have tenure in no time. Thanks, movies, for the completely accurate depiction of our chosen career path. I swear, one of these days, like, I just, maybe this is why I'm having such trouble on the job market is I, I do not own a blazer with elbow patches. Oh, that is the very first thing they do. They see and check when you get off, you know, they pick you up at the airport for that on campus. Studies have shown that studies have shown (laughs) the um, diameter of the elbow patch makes all the difference in the job market. Yeah. You got to have the the correct uh, patch to tweed ratio Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or else you're just fired before. you. I don't know any tweed. Jeez. Does anybody wear tweed? Anymore? I don't actually know if I own tweed. I might own one it's like tweed. It's very uncomfortable. It's super scratchy. It's like scratchy, right? Yeah. Maybe anyway. it's just that we are, you know, early in our careers and too poor to buy good tweed. Oh, good you tweed. have to have t- tenure to afford tweed. Ah, okay. Oh, of course, okay. of course. Okay, that makes sense. The, the, the uh, elbow patch grows over the course of your career. It does. Oh. You just keep adding. It's like, um, you know, military medals. <laughs> Or like, like you know, for every year you're married, like tweed is what you get when you get tenure. That's the acceptable gift yes. for people. It's like, oh, congratulations! Here is your tweed. <laughs> Cer- ceremonial tweed. <laughs> Dress tweed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you got to have your informal tweed. Yeah. Business casual tweed. Formal tweed. Then you have to have that special tweed your you tweed wear regalia. under your regalia. 
Well, this actually is a good segue into the topic of the episode that Kristen and I put together today for today, which is representations of academics in the media. And we had so much fun doing this one. For sure, for sure. And so I think we said on the podcast before, Zach and I are sociologists. And so I was trying to think, and Zach, you might have to help me out. I'm trying to think <coughs> of movies or shows that show sociologists. And the only one I can remember, I was telling Rachel this the other day. So the only one I can remember was like when I was like in the middle of writing my master's thesis and I like was just, you know, it was awful. And you're like in the thick of writing and, you know, revisions. And <clears throat> one of my friends was like, let's go see a movie. And we ended up seeing the movie Remember Me. Have you seen this movie, Zach? No, I haven't. Well, it just has like our paths in it. So obviously, I can be situation. Anyway. Isn't like 007 in it too? Like uh, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. I Isn't it for the, the dad? dad? Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know. It's like right at the beginning of the movie. I think like within like the first 30 minutes, like... There's a girl and she's like across like I guess they're like somewhere in like one of the cafeterias and he like wants to go talk to her so he like walks up to the table and he's like excuse me miss I'm doing a sociological experiment and blah 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 and she turns around to him and says I don't date sociology majors and Damn. I laughed so hard in the theater <laughs> like <laughs> everybody's like who is this I was laughing. So hard. So, it really is funny. No, it's hysterical. So it's like no one does, obviously. Um, <laughs> but can you think of any other times when like sociologists are like depicted on screen, Zach? Uh, not really. And and even that representation is kind of a misrepresentation. It's like, you know, sociologists study groups and and larger patterns. Like he probably meant to say psychological study. You know, yeah. but no, I can't think of any representations. And you were talking your master's. My master's is in geography. Um, so there's really like even it's harder to imagine geogra geography academics being represented. Yeah, I feel so, like on the know. screen, like they have like the pull down map and the stick like pointer that they're like, and they're like, this yeah. is Ghana. <laughs> this is mountains. <laughs> this is the United States. Topography. Topo e erosion. <laughs> yeah that's basically what my master's was good good yeah. job <laughs> thank you thank you which is so appropriate given the topic of this episode that we just completely stereotyped your master's degree yeah what about your uh, uh your uh, discipline theater oh well rarely do you see you know um well sometimes you see college theater professors but most often you see high school theater teachers yeah and they have they're usually the ones who are over dramatic and they like want you to feel and all of these things and talk about shakespeare and how fantastic he is and you know they're usually dressed in layers <laughs> bright clothes like bright um clothing or and that's actually usually representations of women theater uh, teachers when it comes to male theater teachers. And this is what you see more in representations when it comes to like college professors or when there's um, a character in a movie or TV show who is at a conservatory or taking master classes or something like that. Then they're usually male teachers who are very like um, expert, you know, very like uh, we have to break you down and build you back up to be this fantastic oh, yeah. artist. It's almost like the idea where like the theater teacher as crazy or the theater teacher as master. 
You know what I mean? Mm, so we've yeah. got very, those are kind of what you see versus like me. Where I'm like, let's learn stuff. And here is, let's take a dramatic literature course and let's do this. Oh, I'm never like, let's learn stuff. Jeez. I know. Jeez. <laughs> I was going to say on the topic of theater teachers, my favorite representation is Professor Professorson in uh, the TV show Community, uh, where he plays a drama teacher uh, uh, who fakes uh, teaching a fake class called American Conspiracy Theories. (laughs) And he he ends up with a flourish, mispronouncing the word et cetera uh, in like this dramatic display. uh, And and everybody rolls their eyes. (laughs) I've never seen Community. Same. I'll have to watch oh, it now. That is the best, one of my favorite shows, and does not represent community colleges at all, but uh, it's still hilarious. Well, Kristen and I believe that we found the absolute best cultural representation of higher ed. Kristen, do you want to reveal our findings? Sure. It was very rigorous. Uh, it's Monsters University. Monsters University yep. is oh, indeed geez. the best representation of higher education. <laughs> no, but for real. So what we did is we uh, what broke things down into different categories um, as far as representations that we've seen in popular culture, popular media uh, regarding academics. Kristen, you want to take us away with the first category? So I think you have to start with undergrads. And I feel like almost all of the undergrad movies are like kind of in three basic sort of themes. You either have the spring break situation. Woo, spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Let's go. Um, the fraternity sororities. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, and then there's also a lot that like talk about like the beginning of school, like the move-ins. Uh-huh. There's always like really big dramas with move-ins. And mom and dad dropping you off. Yeah. You know? Or movies about cheating. Like how easy it is to like game the system. Yeah, like cheating on the SAT to get into college. Um, gaming the system just in general. Faking an application uh-huh. to get in. Um, yeah, and so I'm kind of, I feel like there's a lot of films like this. And so I'm just kind of curious why these are so successful. Yeah, because they really don't represent like the general college experience. Kristen, I think you're missing uh, one of the aspects of undergrad movies, and that's the uh, trying to get laid. Like, oh, the yeah, line yeah. Of, true. Of people trying to get laid throughout. And, and of course, being sociologists, we know that like the current cohort of, of college students are actually less sexually active than the last cohort in the last generation. And um, that's so, so it's funny. an increasingly inaccurate representation. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so funny you say that because I was just at um, a like professional development teaching week a couple weeks ago, and I sat next to someone who oversees like part of the sexual health and like mm-hmm. um, you know section of the the student health center here, and she said something like forty six percent of students come in who have not been sexually active, yeah. and so there's that, or at least have not had, you know, the sex. The sex. <laughs> So there's that misconception among college students that they have to be active, they have to do this, or that everyone else has and I'm the only one. So well, it's interesting like, how those movies just perpetuate that. Yeah, it's like this like self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you'd like, I've talked to, um, like, when I've taught freshmen, 
we talk a lot about this, like what they thought college life was versus like towards the end of the year, like what it actually is. And so a lot of them really thought like, oh, I'm like going and I'm dressing up for class and like that it was much more about like this, like everybody's got a party and you need to go out every night. And like the reality is, is like, I mean, people are doing that, but like kind of few and far between, like the majority of people... A lot of people are working, and that's, like, that's yep. different, too. Like, these movies, like, aren't... It wouldn't be fun if, like, it showed people, like, struggling through their part-time job. Yeah. I was going to say, there's not really any, like, dramatic scenes of, of people sitting at a computer for eight hours pulling an all-nighter to finish their term paper. Yeah. <laughs> we just see the montage of that. Yeah, yeah Where we exactly. see the beginning and then the aftermath. Well, why do we think these things are so... Like, why? They're funny. They're entertaining. I also think it's, like, partly, like, a re-remembering. Like, when you're gone, you're like, oh, yeah, that was, like, how my undergrad was when, like, the reality it really probably wasn't. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's, like, this, like, weird sort of, like, collective imagination that, like, you develop, like, post-undergrad. Our next category, and I want to shoot this back over to Kristen because she found this great clip. So our next category that we were going to talk about was the representation of graduate students. Or the lack thereof. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to give Kathy the full soap opera while you try to trick a lady with a head injury. We might not be the best people. But we're not the worst. Graduate Graduate students students are the worst. Hi, I'm Bev. Let's get started. Right this way. There's really not a lot of representations of graduate students at all. No. Well, and I mean, if there are, there, there are some, but they're... They're usually, they don't show, I think, a lot of the realities. They may show some of them. But The Simpsons is also another show that has quite a few um, things to say about graduate students. I'm going to taunt the PhDs. Hey, guys, I heard an assistant professorship just opened up. Ooh, yeah. At the University of Psych! <laughs> it's really um, interesting to me how much work that graduate students do. They really, like, run universities, and, like, they're virtually unseen, or people don't know what they do. Yeah, and uh, the perception that all you're doing is you're just, you know, research, writing, but, um, and that's what you do all day, but a lot of universities, we've talked about this before, universities run on the uh, adjunct graduate student labor to teach classes, to work in labs, all of this kind of stuff, so it's interesting that, um... Graduates are kind of like shit on a lot in popular media. I mean, they're the worst. Yeah. As Liz Lemon says. <laughs> Going off of that, if the average person, well, I hate to say the average person, but a lot of people don't know um, what professors do either. True. You know, the understanding that professors, and don't get me started on trying to explain people what a postdoc is. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people think that a professor just teaches classes. Um, and so, what are you doing? Oh, well, you're just teaching classes and you get summers off. I know. The summers oh, off. You get summers laugh. off thing is so maddening. <laughs> I know. But we'll talk about, we'll go into more depth about professors when we get to that category because, you know, we have one. But before that, let's talk about a couple of other, our favorite uh, graduate students. I know uh, we love Elle Woods. Oops. From Legally Blonde because, you know, she comes into Harvard and not only does she prove everyone wrong, but she does it with style. Mm-hmm. I know. I okay. I haven't seen and, that movie in a while. Oh, that's a good one. It's a throwback. Just yeah. a little bit of a throwback. I love in movies that like 
thesis, dissertation, term papers, and manuscripts are all like interchangeable. Uh huh. So like. You oh, don't yeah. really know what the difference between anything is, but they're all like, oh, I'm working on my thesis. Oh, oh, I'm working, working on my, my manuscript. manuscript. And we like, did, people we don't realize about there's this a, a little with our, our like home for the holidays episode. And people yeah, would be right. like, how's your thesis going? I'd be like, no, I'm writing a dissertation. And they would say, oh, what's the difference? A dissertation yeah. is longer. <laughs> well, and, in the yeah. U.S., in the U.K., it's flipped. Did you know this, Zach? I didn't know no, this. No, no. Where um, you, you write a thesis for your Ph.D. I believe this is true from what I read on mm-hmm. this fantastic Reddit thread about this topic. I believe it switched because undergraduates, when they're, doing, when they're graduating with their undergraduate degree in the U.K., graduate by writing a dissertation. Okay. I didn't and know that. And a PhD writes a thesis. I guess I don't know what the difference is, other than how much I had to write and what I had to write about. <laughs> Can we just call it like a long one and a short one? Yeah. Like, well, the really, really long one gets you three letters. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of shorter one gets you two. <laughs> yeah. That's diff- that is the only difference. That's really the only difference. And a cooler hat. <laughs> oh, I love my Tam. That was yeah. probably one of the coolest things. Yeah, I got a Tam too. Um, but another graduate student that I love from a show that I watch is Jane from the Jane the Virgin. During the series, she goes back to graduate school to get her master's degree. And they show her struggling with imposter syndrome, with writer's block, um, and with advisor issues. And to top it all off, she's an academic mama. Because oh, cool. she was going back to school with a young child at home and balancing that. It's really, really interesting to kind of watch her struggle and succeed Mm-hmm. I like that show. Okay, so the next category that we were thinking of is advisors and professors. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, so the first one I can think of all the time is, like, the stereotype of, like, the absent-minded professor or the professor that's, like, quote-unquote not in the real world. Yeah. You don't understand us, professor. They're, like, you're, like, over there in your ivory tower. You don't understand the working man. Yeah, so book smart but not street smart. We were thinking um, of Dr. Sherman Klump from The Nutty Professor. Can you think of any other ones? Um, Who are kind of, like, out of touch or, like, kind of... Yeah, weird. are seen as, like, completely out of touch. No, but I... One person I always think of when I think of kind of like the the out of touch with kind of what a professor should be doing is Ted Mosby. From oh my god. Yeah. How I met your mother because like he's all like, "Hey, I want to be best friends with my students. I want to drink with my students." What's up, dudes? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> this is Architecture 101. I am Professor Mosby. But you can call me Ted. <laughs> professor Mosby. T-Dog. Do not call me T-Dog. You know, it's more important for him to be kind of be popular and liked in this like, hey, I'm this kind of cool professor. I'm not like your other professors. I always like how they like pop in and get work. Like they'll just like all of a sudden like, um, like the new season of Will and Grace, like Will's like, oh yeah, I'll just teach a college. Yeah, well, so let, me go to, let me go down to the local university and see what they got for me today. It was like, oh, I, I don't have a job right now. I'll just teach. Yeah. And then they, like, pop up and, like... Actually, I think that representation might be more accurate than it has been in the past because there's so much demand for adjuncts that, That's you know, true. somebody true. somebody who's sort of had a successful career elsewhere, they can just go and adjunct um, more readily than in the past. But 
you know, overall, yeah, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to teach a college class because I know a thing. Like, you have to usually have a, a degree behind your name or, uh, you know, be accomplished in that field. That is true. Actually, as the, the kind of mode of higher education labor is changing. Yeah. My favorite uh, stereotypical representation is, like, the painfully awkward... Uh, like socially awkward one. So I, I, in the notes, I see you guys have Chidi Adegonye from uh, The Good Place, uh, which I, love yeah, I love so Chidi. Much. But then no, but he's so socially awkward. <laughs> yeah, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, probably get some enemies for this one. The uh, the representation of that that I hate is like everybody on The Big Bang Theory. I can't stand oh, that God. show. I cannot stand that show either. No, nope. it's like my dad's favorite show, and we were just polar opposites on that. Okay, same I thing. I used to enjoy it a lot more. Um, I think and now it's gotten a little more annoying. But how they talk about the ten, like tenure, on the Big Bang Theory is like so weird. How they talk about being a professor, having graduate students, it's like. You know, Sheldon has his graduate student doing things like labor that is not related to research. Yeah, that would get you fired. Yeah. I mean, didn't that just happen at a university? Yeah, it did. (laughs) I just, my parents love that show too. And so every single time I'm over, they're just like, you should love this show. This like, this is hilarious. And it's just like, it's so like every trope about what people think academics do that is so wrong. It's like, I can't get over like how just horrible it is. Mm -hmm. It's literally the worst show. (laughs) Fight me on this. It's the (laughs) worst show. We're not fighting. I'm going to hug you, not fight you, because I agree. (laughs) Okay, though, we do have to talk about one representation of someone who's just, like, the worst, but also, like, the best. And that is Professor Annalise Keating, professor of law from How to Get Away with Murder. Yes. Because, let's face it, she does, like, everything wrong, but she's so very right. Oh, my gosh. So, besides the murder part. (laughs) (laughs) Which is all of it. If we just set the murder aside, she's, like, a total badass in the classroom. I know. She, like, comes in there, and she commands the room, and people will, like, snicker at her, and she's, like, not today. Out of my classroom. Not not as kid. Also, Viola Davis. Yeah, she just, like, has a really great, like, command of, like, herself and really, like, a really good ownership of, like, who she is and, like... um, I love how they portray her as a professor and she really like packs no punches. If you think my cell phone policy is crazy, I would love to see Annalise <laughs> Keating's syllabus because she does not F around either, man. I know, she's like, Oh, your cell phone goes off? You're Get expelled. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it. Probably should no! see it. Oh, oh yeah, you need to see it. Yeah. But you know what? All of the murder that's involved, that's like a total ethics violation, I'm sure. And Justin and I used to watch it, and he would be like, that is definitely not how law school works. <laughs> so would that annoy him? Like, like it, would that get in the way of his enjoyment of the show? Yeah, like he has comments, like if we watch that, or if we watch anything like Law and Order, mm-hmm. or anything that re- requires the collection of evidence, you know, talking with witnesses, he gets really, really mad because he's like, I don't understand how they're already in trial. This has happened two days ago. Ah, oh, don't they know this takes months? Right. Yeah. So I think it's got to be like that for everyone. I'm sure yeah. like doctors who watch like ER or like oh, yeah. Grey's Anatomy is like, we wouldn't do this. I think my like annoyance with like 
uh, Big Bang is it's just so far off anyone, like, any semblance of reality. Yeah. Like, them cleaning out their professor's office after he dies. It's like, this would, like, they would never leave it up to graduate students to, like, clean out a professor's office. Hey, look, there's Rothman's empty office. Sad. Yeah, Indeed. so sad. Dibs. <laughs> well, there's another professor who, well, first I'm going to talk about one that I love, and I'm going to talk about one that I hate. Okay. Um, first off, Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. Dr. Abe Weissman. Abe Weissman. <laughs> I love him so much, and I love yes. how he, he's awful, but wonderful at the same time. It's the romper that you can't get over. Oh, it's, it's like the romper. <laughs> he's A no, plus Weissman he's... for me. I I love Tony Shalhoub, but also he is such a great representation of a mathematics professor. Uh-huh. Like he's he's human, but flawed and smart but doesn't get everything. Like, it's such a great representation, I think. I love him. I agree. I think it's a pretty interesting representation. I also kind of like where it shows you sort of, like, how people who are really productive, like, how their households work. And a lot of times how their households work is because you have a partner who is, like, behind the scenes doing everything else. Yeah. And so I kind of like that representation, too. Like... Yes, he's a professor, and yes, he's working, but, like, his wife is managing literally everything else so that he can be the academic that he is. And so I think that a lot of times goes unnoticed or un-sort of, like, acknowledged in a lot of films. And so, I mean, granted, they show her as, like, super vain for the most part, but she also, like, comes into her own, and I like the interaction that she has with, um, the department chair of like the art history department. Uh-huh. They're like, well, we just really don't let women teach here. And she's like, right. And she stands up for herself. Yeah, she does. Stuff like that. But well, and if you yeah. haven't seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel yet, I it's a it's a high recommend from me. But now to the professor that I hate, and that is Dr. Ross Geller. Like he's he's an abysmal representation of an academic he says he's a paleontologist but his research is consistently changing because he does like sedimentary research so maybe he's a geologist he's talking about human evolution so maybe he's an anthropologist like dude do you study dinosaurs or not it's really really frustrating and like there's actually this whole like i read a whole article on um why ross is the worst academic and it was hilarious and also he goes from working from in a museum to being a visiting instructor, to getting tenure. So fast. Like, how does that happen? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, and another, uh, the other category we kind of came up with was the fact that, like, no one listens to academics um, when it comes to, like, disaster movies. See, now that part's accurate, I feel like. I think that is accurate. (laughs) Climate change is real. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's snowing no, outside. No, that's uh, they got an agenda there. I don't believe there's that. an agenda. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies, and uh, clearly we have some warnings of why the heck would you bring back dinosaurs? Don't you think that would be a bad idea? Oh well, we have fences that run on power. Okay. Well, what if the power go- that won't happen? You know, and then we all know what happens. The power goes out. And Jeff 
Goldblum's there with leather pants on, and he's oh. a mathematician. Oh, I love me some Jeff Goldblum. Um, so, what else happens in that movie? I don't even know. <laughs> Wait, but, there's so more we to have... it than just Jeff Goldblum? In leather uh, pants, and his shirt's, like, unbuttoned, so you, like, and I've seen him. <laughs> See, now, if only that was an accurate representation of, of PhDs. Agreed. <laughs> that's just our attire. That's, yeah. the, that's the uniform of the profession. I need to I woke replace up like my uh, picture on the website with uh, with one of me. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of PhDs in that movie. So, Doctor Alan Grant, Doctor Ellie Sattler, which I actually didn't know her last name because they call her Ellie more than they call her Doctor Sattler, even though they refer to Alan as Doctor Grant a lot. Fun fact. And um, we all know, you know, our favorite Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Ian uh, Malcolm, who is then in several of the other movies, including cameos in the most recent one, as he's again telling people, hey, you probably shouldn't bring dinosaurs back. But no one listens. I recently watched Avatar. And so one of the things that just really annoyed me, because I had never seen it before, is this idea that like the scientists are like, the scientists are running around and they're doing their collecting data and then there's this guy who's kind of unknown who like you know his brother passes away who had three years of experience and a PhD and like yet this nobody off the street can kind of walk in and like not only do the job but excel it just felt like yeah it was like this little like dig to like PhDs and people who train for a long time like you know, yeah, you've got that education, but, like, anybody, like, could just do it but I and do it well. Nuts. Yeah, I've got, you know, literally <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And so that was just sort of... I feel like that happens a lot in films where it's, like, you know... And that's not to, like, to crap on people who do have, you know, street smarts that or, like, or, or are capable because we all know... As academics, that intelligence happens in many different ways. And just because I have a PhD in this doesn't mean I know how to do what you're doing. But it's the idea that anyone can do what a PhD does yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Or or just reference Goodwill Hunting. Like, I mean, that's a highly unrealistic and unlikely sort of confluence of academic smarts and street smarts. Uh, but, you know, people do have, like, intuitive understandings that, academics because our noses and are in books and on screen so often you know other people can intuitively understand stand something that we have to be repeatedly confronted with empirical evidence of to understand um the next kind of grouping of professors that we want to talk about are the part-time professors who are also like part-time adventurers slash superheroes can i get on in on this yes can i like be this like i just want this as a job yes I've just said you can, and so you shall. Like, what's Indiana Jones' CV look like? How the heck does he get so many sabbaticals? Because he's, like, never working. I just want to see his publications. Like, where is he writing this stuff up? He's, like, he writes a whole paper on how he, like, found the chalice. Move, remove the thing to get the thing. And if I could, if I could get credit yeah. towards Probably a tenure by... Uh, beating up Nazis, I think that would make me and so many of my colleagues very happy. Yeah, yeah, it'd be super cathartic, you know. Just Why get out doesn't all your the, the uh, academy recognize punching Nazis as uh, you know counting towards tenure? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on your course of yeah. Let's change that. Let's change that. So, can you guys think of any more realistic depictions of you know that of academia in movies or in film? 
Um, well, Chidi, we talked about Chidi earlier. Don't talk ish on Chidi. I love. I'm not so talk, talking ish. I'm saying okay. like there are some elements of the character that are kind of realistic. Yeah. You know, he's so focused on his research. Um, he is constantly citing things. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is working at a university. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert, you know. I have to say there's one thing that's confusing in the third season as I'm watching it is he's spoiler alert. He's, he decides to throw away his thesis and then goes to meet with his thesis of advisor. And that's the part that about Chidi that's held me up is I'm like, uh, are you a professor at a research university? Or are you a graduate student? Because he's a professor he's doing research and he's teaching but then he's still working on a thesis. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole Reddit thread about Chidi and what Chidi's degree is and where he is in his academic process. Okay, playing devil's advocate, which Chidi would. Okay, okay. <laughs> I also feel like if it's flipped, like, so if he's talking about his thesis in, like, in Australia, he really is referring to his dissertation. Um I mean, at first I'm like, obviously he's a professor. Look at this big office. But then I think we're so like beat down that like, we don't even know what like, like, oh, this is maybe like in Australia, they have like livable fair wages and like more equality to their graduate students than we do. I don't know. Well, okay. We need to put out to any Australian listeners. Yes. Can you please explain to us Cheaty? Yeah, please. Just please. But I do like that. He's like, you know. I do think that people like freak out and like want to throw out their topic. Oh, absolutely. I like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I like where he's, you know, talking about his advisors and I feel like the moral philosophy jokes just like make me laugh every single time. So I do think, I don't know. Cheaty, I love you. No, I, I love Cheaty. Oh, there is also PhD, the movie one and two. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's probably the most accurate depiction, although... You know, the acting's a little, you know, <laughs> not great, but, but, um, I think no, that's called, have I you guys seen that? Yeah. Well, it's you haven't? made by PhDs about PhD experience, so it's, yeah. it's somewhat accurate. Well, yeah. I don't have a, a accurate representation, but I can counter your movie about PhDs with another movie about PhDs. One of my favorite movies, even though it is wildly inaccurate, uh, representation of, of the Academy is... The Librarian Quest for the Spear, starring Noah Wiley. And it stars, yeah, it stars a guy who's like in his mid-40s, lives at home with his mom, and has done nothing but gather PhDs throughout his whole life. And then like some government agency recruits him to recover this artifact. And he uses all of his various PhDs at different points in the movie to just like know things. That's his like superpower is to just know things. It's. Yeah. So in that way, it's, (laughs) but it's, yeah. I want to be that. It's, it's a fun, fun movie. It's, it's still a little unrealistic, but it is really fun. So one thing that's like kind of near and dear, I feel like to Rachel Nye's heart, the last category, so to speak, is about, uh, female academics or, um, women in film. And so when I was trying to research, you see a lot of films that really like center around male experience, like A Beautiful Mind, The Imitation Game, The Theory of Everything, Goodwill Hunting, Wonder Boys, all this stuff. When we know that there is a um, 
you know, a substantial amount of women in the academy. So a few, a few um, depictions is Amy Adams um, in Arrival. She mm-hmm. plays Dr. Louise Banks. Um, Sandra Bullock plays Dr. Ryan Stone in Gravity. Oh, um, there is a PhD student, Hannah Green, in Wonder Boys, but like her whole thing is that she basically lusts after, you know, her male professor. Fails the uh, Bechdel test. And so, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, there's a really great article I can um, put up. We will up. definitely link in the blog. I'll link uh, just different ways. Oh, Annihilation. Um, Natalie Portman's in there. Um, but it's just, I feel like we're making a little bit of progress, but it's still, for as many women are in the Academy, it's still, uh, definitely still seen as like a boy's world or like mm-hmm. a man's, a man's world. And then to top off this episode and just put a little bit of a little whipped cream and like a cherry on top, we asked our listeners via social media, um, what their best favorite or worst or best representations of a professor was in film, TV, etc. And um, quite a few people were like, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. You know, Classic. We love, we love Harry Potter. Um, but I'm going to read some of my favorites. Some of the ones we already covered. Like someone was like, Christina was like, yes, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Dr. Weissman, we love Abe. Um, and I know Zach j- jumped on that right away, was like, he's one of my favorites. We got Annalise Keating. Some, oh, we got a lot of, oh, we hate Ross from Friends. Um, because he is just awful. Uh, we talked about Elle Woods from Legally Blonde, and Aaron said, what about Professor Callahan, the one who was a complete kind of ass and hits on his students and, you know, uh, is awful to Elle when she won't sleep with him, right? So we've got that awful representation. Um, Indiana Jones, we've got a lot of, oh, we hate Ted Mosby, and then uh, Doug uh, brought community to our attention and a community which Zach talked about a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah, that one's my favorite. Even though it's not accurate, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, how many, how many schools do you go to where, like, the dean just, like, picks a group of, of the students to hang out and, like, consistently tries to make friends with this group of students? Yeah, deans don't have time yeah. for that. They're really yeah. busy. The dean always <laughs> seems to have spare but, time in that show. And Doug shared um, a video uh, with us about uh, this one classroom where he tells them to kind of seize the day and blow it off. Open your textbooks to page 37. Now, close them and throw them away. Throw it away! <laughs> throw it away! For those of you who are new, the motto of this class, carpe diem, seize the day. No tests, no papers. Yeah, so we, we've, we found a lot, of, a lot of bad representations, some good representations, but overall entertaining representations of the Academy. Accurate portrayal is boring. So if they actually <laughs> showed what professors or graduate students do, it would be the most boring yeah. film yeah. ever. Um, so they've got to like you know fancy it up a little bit to make give us more action in these films. And I like what you said earlier, where um, a lot of professions probably feel this way. Mm-hmm. Like I I know Justin feels this way about law because he um, did work for several years as a, a criminal defense attorney and was in the courtroom a lot. And he's like things move a lot slower than they do on TV. You know things are not as exciting in the courtroom. 
Um, it's, it's a long, drawn-up... The legal system is a long, drawn-up process. Um, and so it's interesting, kind of like, to watch Law & Order and see it all happen in the matter of yeah. three days. I know. I guess I just wish that... Because thing, I feel like things are so divisive now, and things are so... Like, you've got this whole, like, you know, the university is filled with just liberal idiots who are elitist and, you know, X, Y, Z. It's just... Sometimes I think, like, this, these portrayals kind of do nothing but sort of make this us versus them and that, you know, academics are not like us and they're not, they're not part of our communities. They're, like, a world apart. And the reality is, is that they're not. You know what I mean? Like, academics are often, you know, there's high rates of unemployment. There's people who are piecing together. Not everybody makes a ton of money. We don't get summers off. And I think... A lot of times, like, these inaccurate portrayals really, like, it's, like, beyond to me. It's not just that they're inaccurate. It's just, like, every single portrayal is so inaccurate. I feel like it really just makes it difficult when, you know, there's policy about funding higher education and some of the implications of that because people just think, oh, there's these professors who get, not only get summers off, but also get tenure and, like, can't be fired. And I think it really does a disservice, and I just really hope in the future that, um, you know, that can change. And one place I do see it sort of changing is there is a ton of academics on social media. So, like, mm -hmm. there's a ton of academics who are on Twitter who are having conversations and, you know, sharing things and are visible in a way that, you know, in the past – they haven't been visible and they haven't really been um, as maybe approachable or as, um, you know, people maybe wouldn't have come in contact with them. And so I'm seeing more, um, I feel like in a lot of papers I'm seeing a lot of academics writing a little bit more op-eds. I know like in our discipline I'm seeing that, you know, more and more. And I think all those are ways that we're kind of moving towards a much more like, greater understanding of what academics do and I think ultimately that'll be that'll benefit everybody well thank goodness but today's episode is brought to you by men dude amigos bro fellas good old boys buddies you know, the only people anyone can possibly imagine being college professors, college deans, presidents, and chancellors. Oh, but before you get too excited, only white men, able-bodied, cisgender men appear as academics in most movies and in TV. But enough about them. Let's salute the trailblazers and the glass ceiling shattering badasses that are taking over. So here's to you, Dr. Chidi Adagonye, Professor Annalise Keating, Cosima and Professor McGonagall for teaching both the living and the dead and both the talented and the muggle. Woo woo. So uh, do you want to do a quick uh, self-care check-in, guys? Sure. So kind of what have you guys been doing uh, lately to help with your um, kind of commitment to self-care? It makes me sad to say it, but uh, do you guys both, do you guys both have iPhones? No. Yeah. I have an yeah. Android. No. Um, so I, maybe, well, every time I talk about iPhones versus Android, Android people are like, we've had that the entire time. <laughs> Great. Well, iPhone now is letting you put like app limits so you can set like timers for how, like 
for how long you use an app. Huh. So I've decided to set timers for Facebook so I, I won't go, I won't spend all day on Facebook. So it'll only let me spend so much time on certain apps. And so I think I'm to the point of setting some app controls so that I, you know, can monitor how much I'm on my phone. And uh, what else have I done this week? I don't know. I'm just, I haven't been sleeping very well. So I think we said earlier that this is like a Sunday episode. And I think I'm just really going to take the rest of the day to do some meal prep so I can have a little bit more productive weeks. And I'm going to just, you know, really be nice to myself today and let myself kind of catch up on sleep and, you know, that sort of thing. Good for you. What are you doing? Um, well, it's funny, right after we record this, um, my husband and I are going to join a gym. Ooh. I had a gym membership for a while, um, at this place that was primarily classes, because I, I thrive off of accountability, um, of having to be somewhere at a certain time, um, but with my new work schedule, well, you know, since pretty much the summer when I took this post-postdoc position and, um, you know, just my priority of time changed, uh, I haven't been able to go to classes there anymore, so I canceled that membership, and we're just going to get a membership in Planet Fitness, something that's 24-7. That's my gym. Um, that allows us... Is it? Yeah. Rachel's trying to talk me into joining, I too. Am. <laughs> well, I just want something that I can go... I love walking. I love hiking. I love being outside, but it's too freaking cold for that right now. Right. So um, we're hoping that Planet Fitness will help us get that kind of movement that we're looking for um, for only for $10 a month plus fees. <laughs> not not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Could be. Heroes Planet Fitness. <laughs> could be. What about you, Zach? Uh, I mine's pretty simple this week. I feel like the last two two uh, episodes, mine was like pretty huge and momentous. But this week, I just spent a couple hours yesterday playing video games with friends. It was really relaxing um, and refreshing, and just kind of let me turn my mind off to all the things that's on it for for a few hours. That awesome. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, I know Kristen and I had a lot of fun working on this episode and um, kind of getting together and getting to watch a lot of clips and stuff was a little bit self-carry as well because we got yeah. to just, you know, laugh a lot. Well, thank you all for listening to, uh, to our episode today. We had a lot of fun working on this one. Um, as always, we're on social media. Sometimes we like to reach out to people on social media and ask them about one of our upcoming episode topics. So if you'd like a shout out on social media, watch out for that on our fit Twitter and Facebook. I think that's all for this episode. And until next time, keep, keep, on, keep on surviving. surviving. cough really bad so <laughs> okay you cough weird <laughs> weirdest. okay i wasn't on an actual cough that was me coughing and then quickly um clearing my throat so that we could keep going <laughs> i don't actually cough like Ooh, is that how you like clear your throat when you have a PhD? <laughs> no. What's wrong with no, you? Usually I go. <clears throat> no, you have a PhD. You have to take up the whole room with your cough. So like the graduate student cough is like. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it's to cough right. like that. I mean, Your professor cough is like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really mean old person laughing. Like, what is your husband thinking we're, like, practicing coughing down here? <laughs> He does sometimes comment on what we talked about down here because he can hear us upstairs. I know. He's he... like, so I heard you talking about this or based off you and Kristen were having fun the other night talking about this. Did you think? And he came downstairs this morning and was like, you were talking about how much, how long the video clip or the sound clips could be. You were wondering about that the other day. Blah, 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 blah. It's almost like you're just like, God, I would really like to know. What the fair usage law is for copyright. And God says. And then God says. <laughs> Let me send you my in-house counsel. I heard you talking. <laughs> 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 so. Well, we consulted our God's in-house counsel. Our God. Our God. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was just really funny. Like. It's Sorry, funny guys. to like it's funny to ponder something out loud and then like hours later or days later like get an answer. I know. It's like literally like are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs>